Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hey, kids. We've got a special uh, Grammy night episode of Just Talking to the Cornfield with Earl and the Colonel. And it's all the Grammys you can you can eat. I don't even know what that, the hell that means. This is just awful. Yeah, it's, it's just awful. When you were growing up, did you have conversations with, like, let's say, I don't know, your parents or your friends with their parents about how this generation's music, you know, stinks and, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Right. And you think, oh, my parents just don't get it. Yeah, but I got know- uh-huh. I, you know, I, I know where you're going with that, but we've also, you know, seen a show that's about an hour long, and we've got ACDC, Madonna, and Tom Jones playing. I mean, and and Beck just 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 won a Grammy for the best rock album. Right, right. I mean, I, I, we're really not talking about current popular music right now. Yes, it's terrible. It's terrible. It's, it's awful. Terrible. You know who Beck's married to, right? He's married to uh, uh, Rabisi. Uh, uh, right, 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 right. Of course. Marissa, Marissa Rabisi. Yeah. Marissa Rabisi, yeah. Right, right. Giov- uh, um, her husband, her brother is uh, Giovanni G- Rabisi. Giovanni Rabisi. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Marissa Rabisi, also known as the hot, buxom little redhead from. Uh, What's that? Um, all right, all right, all right. Movie. Yeah, yeah. She wasn't not really buxom. No. I, I, I feel as if as if I'm an expert in the in in uh, <laughs> buxom, and uh, I wouldn't really call her buxom. Okay, okay, okay. Well, she's oh, not. Oh wait a minute! What the hell is oh going on there? Oh my God! Is this Nile Rogers with the corpse of? <laughs> Holy! What the fuck did he do to his eyes? What the hell is going? Smokey Robinson does Smokey some. Smokey Robinson looks like he's terrified. Holy (laughs) shit! At least Niles fixed his nose, man. Oh my god! Wow! Wow! I, I I almost don't even want to do a baseball show tonight. I almost just want this to be about us making fun of the Grammys. You put them, but it's just so. Sad. What the fuck are these guys thinking with their, with their stupid, you know, plastic surgery and and Botox and what? I mean, Smokey Robinson, you know, Smokey was the man. Yeah. Bad. It's Smokey. You know, I mean, mean, back in the day, and now he looks like now he looks like I don't know what the hell he looks like. Jesus Christ. Ah, did you see? So I'm driving to work the other day. With uh, with Anthony, uh, hello Jeter. He's logging in for a bit. Okay. And he tells me uh, about uh, this thing about yeah, you know, it's like Bruce Jenner. I'm like, what are you what are you talking about? He says, you know, you know, Bruce Jenner is you know, turning into a woman. I'm yeah. like, 
like, what are, you, what, are you, what are you talking about? It's like, you didn't know that? I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So, because I, <laughs> I remember he got, like, bad surgery. Oh, yeah. You know? But he's really becoming a woman. Yeah, no, he is. Yeah, but there's going to be, like, a whole reality show about it. I, I was talking about this the other day with, um, with Gia, and um, I don't give a crap what, what Bruce Jenner does. I don't give, you know, I mean... Of course but not. Whatever. If he's if he's transitioning, more power to him. If it was my uncle, if it was a friend of mine, I wouldn't give a crap. Right. The weird thing about Bruce Jenner, well, besides the fact that he's such a media whore, um, you know, married to that freaking family that he's married to. Right. But the weird thing is, who was the who was the biggest athlete in the world when we were kids? Wait, Muhammad yeah. Ali. No, I mean, I mean, I mean, in 1976, right? Bruce Jenner was was the. Oh, I okay. mean, you know, I, I, it's probably the last time any of us ever thought about the decathlon, right? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I mean, there was that. I don't know. Sometime in the 90s, there were those two American guys, Dan and Dave, I guess, that were. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan Johnson and Ryan, Dave. Ryan, right, right. And then were, one of them uh, did one. One of them didn't even make the team. So that, right. that yeah, that, yeah, right? yeah. It was supposed. To, it was a big letdown. You right. Know, uh, Nike, Nike tried uh, doing a whole big um, advertising uh, campaign around them, and, and it kind of blew up in their face. But I mean, really, the only time anybody has ever thought about here in the United States has thought about the decathlon was 1976 when Bruce Jenner won it, and it was like a big deal. And I, you know, he was on the cover of Wheaties. He was the greatest athlete in the world. Is on TV, on Love Boat, and all those other dumbass. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I don't know. The whole thing now is, is weird. And there are certain people that are skeptical about whether or not he's for real. Or is this just, like, a ratings thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, I personally think it's for real because, I mean, you don't go to that, that kind of length lengths for, uh, for, you know, page views or, or, uh, you know, ratings or something like that. I don't know. I, I can't imagine it. You have to be a sick individual. So, I mean, good for him. If this is where he wants to be, <clears throat> fine. But, you know, setting up a whole TV show around it is a little weird. Well, what, what, I mean, when, when you have nothing else, to uh, to do in your life is that is that really where you want to oh look where you want to end up oh there was a great tweet just now I don't know if you saw it. I'm gonna try to retweet it are you still on a little bit yeah no I'm still on but okay take take a look at what I'm about to send you from tr- <laughs> look into my eyes I am Smokey I am your leader now yeah I mean <laughs> Jesus Christ he he, he looked Insane. Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. I, I, Who's Eric Stangle is who? Huh? Who's Eric Stangle that you just retweeted? I have no idea. Oh, okay. You just follow random people on a... No, it, it was retweeted from uh, from somebody I do follow. Uh, who do I follow? Um, Who's this redheaded dude? I don't know. Is that... Is that is that that picture you threw against me to lose in the uh, – no. Ooh. Sorry. You've got to hurt me like that, huh? 
It was uh, okay. It was uh, Trenny Kuzniak. That's who I follow. She's a Boston sports reporter. Gotcha. So that, that's baseball. Expensive. We're talking baseball tonight, right? <laughs> well, it'd be nice. <laughs> guess, guess four logged in. Guess four logged out. <laughs> and yeah, you're we've got, uh, and apparently your son can't get audio. So you know, uh, so talk shoe is really uh, going along with the times and 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 really improving their interface as the years go by, or not. Do you see this band up here on the Grammys, by the way? Do I see what? Do you see the band here on the Grammys? Yeah. Um, you see on the right, there's a big fat bass player. Okay. He's of African-American persuasion. Okay. Randy Jackson? No. <laughs> you ever see the... Oh, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it's The Roots is, is who's the backing... Uh... Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, there he is. That's Questlove. Okay. Yeah. Did, did, did you ever see... Um, uh, the South Park episode when uh, Token, who's the only you know black kid in South Park, you know, uh, Cartman that's, wants. That's racist. Well, well, that's his name, Token. Cartman yeah. wants to start a, a Christian I, band, so he says, "Token, go home into your basement and get your bass and come back." He's like, "What do you mean? I don't have a bass." Because Token, oh, you're black. Please stop. Just go get your bass. All of a sudden, he shows up to practice with his bass. He goes, okay, how did you know there'd be a base in my basement? He goes, Token, I don't want to go through this again. You're black. He says, now I'm going to, I want you to lay down a beat. He goes, but I've never played the bass before. He goes, Token, do we have to go through this again? You're black. You play bass. She goes, but I don't know how to play it. All of a sudden, he picks it up and goes, boop. God damn it. But wait a minute. You play bass. Yes. But not well. Not like this guy. Okay. There's a difference between playing a bass, playing an instrument, and being a musician. I played an instrument. I was not a musician. You're not John Entwistle, is what you're saying. No, no, not at all. Bill Mann is a musician. He could hear a song and play it within like ten minutes. You know, from his from his ear. Uh, that's that's just that's just crazy talk. So uh, I, I, I I can't hear shit. You can't hear shit. Uh, no, I mean. Yeah, well, I mean, I have bad hearing, but I also oh. can't hear something and turn it into something. No, no, it just doesn't work. Ah. work for me that Boy, we we really we really uh, where where's our friend from England who didn't know this was a sports show? I guess everyone's yeah. watching the Grammys tonight. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, and you know what? You know Brody, uh, Mike fuck Brody, them and, uh, the, and the Kardashian that they wrote in on. Oh God, look at them, <laughs> Brody. My son says to me, he says, Bro, I'm sitting around my table and I'm doing, got all my strat cards out that came out. And, you know, and uh, Brody, uh, who's usually uh, uh, listening in every week, right. uh, he's uh, he was doing something. He says, well, what did uh, you and I were talking about? I'm strat sorry. Tricks. I'm sorry. Is Electric Light Orchestra just playing right now on the Grammys? Uh, that's Jeff Lynn. That's yeah. Jeff Lynn and Electric Light Orchestra? What the? What 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 dimension have I have I stepped into? That that yellow, that yellow is relevant. I know, I know. Jesus Christ! But uh, well, he's a, he's, a, he's a Wilbury, so you know. <laughs> well, I don't think those are right. You know who did the artwork for uh, ELO's album? You were, any that little bit of trivia? Did we go through that part with you? Was it Geiger? What? H.R. Geiger? No, that was. Uh, yeah, no, didn't no, no, that was Emerson Lake. No, I'm sorry, it wasn't the artwork. There's a very famous album by by ELO, um, and 
Oh my God, I forget what the hell. It's called Discovery by ELO, and there's a gypsy on the cover of it. Okay. Any idea of what it what it looks like? Nope. Okay, I'm good. Now I'm going to put this in the chat room. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, okay, I'll put it in the chat room and see if you can see that picture in the chat room. Okay. I'm in two different windows, so nothing. Sorry, Al. No, I got it. Yeah. I got it. Okay, you see that picture? Of, you know who that is? No. It's the brother from Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> That's Brad. Brad Garrett. Brad Garrett, right. <laughs> so now we have lost two listeners who think that there's no volume. Yeah. Well, like I said, talk to you. Doing a, doing a fucking bang-up job. Uh, is it worth uh, starting the, the chat room over again? or? No, I mean, it would it'd just be the same thing. So. Oh. Uh, what's that other site that that uh, that we could uh, get our hands on? Uh, there are a few others, but you know, I don't know. We'll figure that out another time. Okay. You know, my, but, my favorite thing about the Grammys is watching Taylor Swift dance to oh, songs, to songs that are uh, you know thirty years old. Someone has to punch her in the head. Sorry. All right, let's talk about the baseball. Ah, did you? Um, did you see or notice or care who won the Caribbean World Series today? I did not. No, tell me about it. Ah, uh, it was a, a very depleted Cuban team. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yes, yes. Can you imagine they are. They are. They are getting depleted, and it's going to be more and more so over over the next several years. They they, they won the Caribbean. Who they wind up beating? Huh? Who they wind up beating? Mexico. Oh, okay. And the cleanup hitter from Mexico is, of course, Russell Bryan, because <laughs> it's Mexico. About as Mexican as you can get. Of course, right, right. I, I think, you know, Siesta Tequila and Russell Bryan. What, um, what do you think about this kid? Do you know anything about this kid, Juan Moncada? Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, I know as much about him as public. He's a, he's a big, you know, uh, sturdy built shortstop uh, infielder, big right. uh Strong kid. Um, he's a, I mean, he he, he 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 looks like a big strong kid. But I was Baseball Reference now has um, Cuban um, series uh, statistics going back to sometime in the mid nineties, I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was looking at his statistics on Baseball Reference, and I don't know, it doesn't seem that great. I mean, well, seems like you know they're like you know power. I'm like he had three home runs last year. It's all about it's all about projectability. Because he's nineteen, and a lot uh, of these yeah. kids, especially in Cuba, start playing when they're sixteen. You know, it's all about um, it's all about uh, what's it called um, uh, projectability. The guy, you know, is incredibly fast for you know for his size, very strong for his size, and you know, look at uh, look at the size of Trout. You know, yeah. he, you know, he's a biological, uh, biological freak. He freak. He, you know, when he was 18 years old, he hit about 400 in the in the whatever the world championships were. Uh, uh, good, good defensive second baseman. I don't know where he's going to end up, but he's. I think uh, he projects more corner. as a uh, corner infielder or a uh, outfielder. Uh, well, right. Just because well, of his well, size, you know, because of his bulk. You know, but yeah. I mean, you know, 
Dan Ugla was a shortstop for quite a, I mean, a second baseman for quite a few years, and he was a pretty big dude. You know? Right, but then you got to take I mean, a look at that. Good, he wasn't a good second baseman. No. Uh, but, you know, but he did it. Um, but, you know, uh, well, Cuba had one guy that was kind of, you know, kind of thick who just lost a job and can't get a job, and that's uh, Vicieto. Dayan uh, Vicieto, yeah, from uh, the White Sox. Right, so he you know he can't get a job anyway. He just filled out a little too much. I'm not saying that's a Cuban thing. He's not like it's he's not like the guy Samoan or anything. Uh, oh, the fuck is Samoan? You know, uh, you got a weight problem. <laughs> so the uh, <laughs> you know, but but Sorry. you know, he, when you when you take a look at a guy like his size, his speed, and his power at 19 years old, people are crazy. But there's also another element about it. When you see him, you think, well, Puig's Cuban, so. This guy must be great too. Jose Abreu's Cuban, so it must be just everyone who's Cuban is going to be great. Yeah, I mean, we haven't really had that many Cuban failures. We're going to start getting more because obviously the exceptional talents are the ones that were um, getting out of there, you know, you know, by raft or boat or however, however, however they, uh, you know, uh, got out of the country. Well, the the dog. Now the dog, we're going to see. Now we're going to start seeing a lot of a, a lot of other guys coming out of Cuba, and it's going to be a little bit more like Japan, where you're going to have some exceptional talents, certain, right? Like like Itro and whatever. But you're also going to have guys like uh, uh, I don't know who who was the Brewers uh, second baseman from a few years ago that 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 failed miserably. Um. I'm asking That's, you because you're a Brewers fan, but, but Ricky that, Ricky Weeks was the second baseman. No, 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 Brewers. no. Um, it wasn't uh, the Brewers. It was. It might have been the Cubs. You mean the the Mets second baseman? Oh, no, no, no. That's there, not, was, a twi- there was, not, was a twin not, shorts. Are you talking about the twins guy? No, there, there was a uh, uh, middle infielder. I thought it was with the Brewers. Twin came over a couple years ago, and he was projected to be whatever, but it, it didn't really work out. He wound up breaking his wrist pretty pretty early on in his. In his career, and then and then just never amounted to anything in the majors. No, there was a shortstop for the Twins that got hurt right away. That's the guy. And, I think about. He got hurt. He got hurt against the Yankees. And then and then he never could get it back together, and he yeah. apologized for everybody. Right? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy. Yeah, yeah that was got hurt against the Yankees, and he he was actually playing second base. Um. And he got hurt because it wasn't his normal position. He was a shortstop. And he got hurt because it was uh, he was doing the turn on a double play, and he wasn't used to that play. Yeah, he took it. Shiochi in New York, New York or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I actually uh, drafted him one year in the uh, in, in, in our baseball league. Well, there's a there's a guy who the Giant, who the Dodgers also have, named Alex Guerrero, who's a who's a second baseman in their minor leagues, who who he really really hit the crap out of the ball in the minor leagues last year. He had about a, a, like a 390 average, 600 slug, was tearing it up, you right. know, making making fools out of trip. And then uh, Miguel Olivo got into a fight with him and bit his ear off. So he was lost for about eight weeks and never recovered. <laughs> did you know that story? Yeah, yeah, I know. I did, yeah. <laughs> right. So, uh, so it, it, it was... Uh, you know, I'd like to, and I guess they just said, "Well, he's not coming up," so they got Kendrick or whoever else. Um, but yeah, it's amazing. It's real. You know, you're talking about a team's best 
uh, talent. They live the game. They, you know, it's, I, I don't know if it's like Brazilian soccer or Russian hockey players, whatever it is. It's, it's an amazing thing. Uh, the amount of talent that's come over and, and, and now they're now, of course, do you hear the weird feedback that you're once again having on your phone? Is it me? Yeah. Tell me if it's if it's going away. It just keeps beeping, beeping in feedback. What about now? Not well. It just just happened when you said what about now. Oh, <laughs> don't worry sorry. about it. Don't worry about it. Um, do, uh, you, you know a little bit about uh, about the Yankee minor league system, right? Some. Yeah. I was reading about. You know, my whole thing, I, I didn't really like the Yankees signing Stephen Drew because I wanted them to give uh, Rob Snyder or Jose Perella, uh, you know, a shot and, you know, get younger. Um, I don't, it, it, it's not a terrible signing by the Yankees because at least he gives them another, it, it's another option, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I like Ref Snyder a lot. I like his game. Uh, some scouts. I've questioned his defense, so that's going to be um, something that he's got to work on. But I was looking him up yesterday or the day before, and I had no idea he was Asian. He, he was actually um, – he's Korean. Yeah, he's yeah. Korean, and he was adopted by um, uh, American parents. <laughs> we talked about that last year. And we talked about it? Yeah. 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 I had no idea. <laughs> Him and they have a, they have they have another second baseman named Gosuke Kato. Gosuke Kato, yeah, who has been ha- having problems hitting the ball in the minor leagues. Yes. Um, even though, and he's a skinny motherfucker too. That's, yes, that, he is. He needs to put on some weight. Yes, he does. Yes, uh, he does. Yeah, he played in Charleston last year, I believe. Um, had a good second half. So um, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens there. I wouldn't say the Yankees have a bad minor league. No, actually, right they're, I think they were ranked. A lot of people have them ranked in the top ten this year. Uh, you know, with um, you know several decent pitching prospects. Uh, yeah, they got Severino and uh, Ian Severino. Clark. Right. Um, but I, I love Greg Bird, Aaron Greg, Judge. Greg, oh, Greg Bird. Greg, Greg Bird is going to be, I think, a really good first baseman slash DH. Yep. You know, uh, I I, I want to see him get up get up to the majors and replace Mark Deshera. Uh, and you know, Ref Snyder is good. Perella, you know, they they've got some guys. You know, I agree. Yeah. And I, you know, uh, Sanchez fell off the uh, Keith Law's top 100 list uh, for the first time in, in in I think three or four years. Um, I don't know, maybe falling uh, prey to that. Uh, the Yankee catcher, um, uh, you know, Jinx, Jesus Montero was a uh, was was a big uh, prospect for the Yankees at catcher, and he turned out to be nothing. Although he's in the best shape of his life, and he's lost thirty something pounds going into this season, um, so you never know if he can turn it around. Um, and and Gary Sanchez was was listed as their top prospect probably for the past three years and and uh he's kinda of full he's he's kinda of gone backwards even though I'd, I'd still take him. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. I'd still I'd still take him. The guy just yeah. turned twenty 
22 years old, 22 I would still take them. So. They don't need them right now, so. Be, be no, they don't. Nice. I mean, with Brian McCann right now and uh, and uh, some of their other guys, James Ryan, uh, uh, John Ryan Murphy, and uh, Austin Romine, um, we'll see what happens. You, you planning on uh, seeing any thinning uh, of their games uh, this year? Charleston? What? You planning on going to Charleston this year? Um. Oh yeah. I mean, we we go every year. Um. So hopefully I'll I'll, I'll see something down there. I don't know. I don't know when we're gonna do it, but obviously sometime in the summertime. Yeah, I was trying to uh, talk Robert into uh, taking a little uh, trip. Uh, I said, would you want to go to like some, you know, maybe some, you know desolate place where there's something to do other than a beach. You know, like, uh... No. No. She wants a beach. <laughs> okay. Yeah, good. Uh, I mean, Charleston's actually got great beaches. Folly Beach is, is, uh, is a fantastic beach down there. It's a great little community. It's it's on the East Coast. It's the number one surfing community uh, on the East Coast. Um, between Montauk and, uh, and Folly Beach, it's a great little town. It's it's you know a lot of fun fun stuff to do. Great restaurants. So you have um, you have a, a very very interesting player who's going to be on uh, Charleston this year. Who's that? The guy's name is uh, William Davis. His nickname is a rook. His nickname is Rookie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you. Yeah, you, you, I remember you telling me about this guy. I, I don't. Uh, I don't know. That that just sounds like a cool nickname. Yeah. To have. Yeah, Rook. Right? And so what's, remember that Seinfeld episode where he wanted a cool nickname and everyone else, and they called him, like, you know... T-Bone. T-Bone. <laughs> he wanted to be T-Bone. And they named right. him something like Coco the Monkey. Right, Coco the Monkey. Because he was uh, eating a banana or looking, you know... And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he wanted to be T-Bone. He was he was getting all angry and he was he was making like a real emotion. <laughs> yep. Uh, God. <laughs> so did you uh, did you happen to see my little uh, listing uh, today? In, Outfielders in, you were talking about, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, did, did you understand? I, mean, what I don't I remember. I don't remember the entire list, and and I'm too lazy to look it up um, right now. But. <laughs> Your 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 whole thing was, you know, which teams outfielders would you prefer to have over the next three years? And you listed yes, them. yes. And I think my list would was easily pared down to two outfields: uh, uh, Pittsburgh and Miami. Oh my God, that's unbelievable! That's, that's mine. Exactly what you were thinking, right? That's, that's my two. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Starlin Marte is a superstar waiting to happen. Right. I mean, he's that good. Right. And you, you pair him up with, uh, you know, Polanco and Andrew McCutcheon, who's already been an MVP. That's that's a Sterling outfield. I mean, right. uh, he, he, young, dynamic, all-around athletes. Right. Um, but uh, the, the reason I brought it Miami, up. Miami, though, is, you know, you got – Stanton, who's obviously the big young superstar in the world right now. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what is he? Is he twenty-five? He, 
probably just turned 25. Yeah, yeah. Christian Yellick and um, who's... who's Marce- Marcelo Zuna. Uh, uh, yeah, right. I mean, you're talking about another great young outfield of all-around talent, you know? Right, right. More power, certainly, with the Miami outfield than uh, than the Pittsburgh outfield. Yellick's is 20... More speed, in, more speed in Pittsburgh, more yeah. maybe defensive talent in, in Pittsburgh. But I don't think you can go wrong with either of those two outfields. Yelich is 22, Ozuna's 23, Stanton just turned 25. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great young outfield. I mean, oh, bothers me so much. I can't believe you picked the same as me. I mean, I guess I should have expected it. Oh, come on. I mean, you, you, I mean, you were throwing, you know, the Yankees out there with Gardner, Ellsbury, and 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 Beltran, and you know all three of those guys may have seen their best days behind them. You know, mm-hmm. right? Um, especially Beltran. Uh, you know, uh, and you know Ellsbury and, and and Gardner have had great seasons in the past. Uh, I'm not sure if you know if they're on the wrong side of the aging curve, though. You know. But, uh, you see, there was a reason I actually brought it up. You have, you know, we were talking about Upton Myers and Kemp. Wow. That's great. Right. You know, and then uh, Hamilton, Trout, Calhoun. Well, obviously it would be Hamilton be Joyce right now, but let's just say Hamilton's healthy. Hamilton, Trout, Calhoun. I would like to have second place would be the Pirates and first would be Miami. That's what I just – Yeah, you, I, 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 I'd go with that. Yeah, I, I – I mean, flip flop it either way, uh, you know. But I think the, the you know, uh, those two, those two are the cream of the crop. So you would trade Gardner, Ellsbury, and Beltran for either of those? Oh yes. Okay, good. What is Annie Lennox doing? What? Um, like I said, the Grammys apparently are coming from 1992. <laughs> um, <laughs> With 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 all the musical acts, the, the, you know, and, and I happen to love the era of mix, and I love Annie Lennox, so uh, I, I I I got no problem with uh, with her showing up, but uh, um, I, I don't really kind of get the show as as bringing current music to the forefront. You know, those are the people that are all winning, but the people that are that are performing are all uh, dinosaurs. So let me ask you another question. Do you know how they have, like, the Vibe Awards and the Ebony Awards? Okay. And the BET Awards? Sure. Would it be wrong to have uh, a white a white person award show? Yeah, it's called the Oscars. No, <laughs> oh, really? Did you see who won last year? <laughs> <laughs> I meant this year. Okay, okay. Yeah. So Weedle, Alpha Because, because Selma was... Selma was uh, <laughs> None of the actors from Selma were nominated, so everybody talked about it being white person, white person award. Oh, is that right? I didn't know that. Well, when I, when I saw when I saw last year, you had uh, you, okay, you had who, who was that? Um, oh God, what, what was the name of Twelve Years a Slave? The yeah, actress. Uh, oh, I don't know what her. Yeah, I don't know what her name is. Huh? You know, you know what I'm, I'm talking about. I'm not yeah, 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 yeah. She was great. she was great. I, that was a tough movie to watch, though. I, uh, I, 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 it's not a movie I, I would openly recommend to people because it was just a tough movie to watch. And then the guy from uh, the other African gentleman from 
what was that other, uh, that Tom Hanks movie, that god-awful, stupid fucking movie? Oh, Captain Phillips. Oh, God almighty. <laughs> What's going on here? Where? Oh. The big woman. Or oh, that's the really uh, small man. I think it's more more of a being a small man. That looks like one of the Jonas Brothers and and the one who sings uh, It's All About That Bass. Megan Trainer, yes. Not not the trouble. Right. Right. <laughs> oh my god. Which I hate. Which I hate. Anyway. This is bad. Yeah. Well, one of the big topics that we wanted to talk about tonight was uh relief pitchers. Yes. And uh we wanted to talk about uh the best way to rate relief pitchers. And it all kind of started when you shot me a, a, a trivia question about relievers who have have appeared in 70-plus games, ERA under two, uh, and no losses. And there were like five guys in the past 20 years or whatever, 25 years. And my first reaction was, that's a bullshit question because, <laughs> because ERA – and wins or losses, to me, for a reliever, you know, a high-leverage reliever doesn't mean shit because there are so many other variables. And you even replied that, you know, a reliever can come in, um, you know, into a bases-loaded, no-out no situation, give up a double, and, you know, bases-clearing double, give up three runs. The team winds up losing. He doesn't have any earned runs on his le- ledger. And he doesn't get the loss because, right. you know, the runners were inherited and stuff like that. So right. how does how does ERA or wins and losses uh, take that into account? And the answer is it, they don't. It doesn't. It's, those statistics, you know, really, especially for relievers, are kind of a game thing, you know. It just doesn't it, – it, it doesn't matter as much. And that was my whole point of the thing. And then we started talking about some advanced statistics like run expectancy 24 or RE24, where basically um, uh, uh, run expectancy is, is calculated for every 24 base out scenarios, and their numbers are either positive or negative based upon how they do given, you know, giving their performance in those scenarios. Right. Right. And uh, and my argument with something like that is way more interesting to look at. It's not def- definitive, certainly, um, when it comes to relief pitchers than, than your traditional stats. So take it from here. No, you're, you're, you're exactly – I hate to say it, but obviously you were exactly – Exactly correct. What I found to be unusual, and the whole point of, of why I actually brought it up. You don't up, like giving me props? You don't like saying it? What the hell? No, 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 no. Listen, I think I started every conversation pretty much that we've ever had um, with uh, with the the comment of... You're going to uh, wind up losing the argument? That you win every single argument. <laughs> okay. No, no, I, I did. I, st- I basically say... Um, you uh you you win you pretty much win every single argument and that's fine um but when you're when you're actually taking a look at at relievers obviously ERA doesn't mean 
everything. The whole reason I actually used that statistic and brought that up was because it was pretty surreal to see a bunch of players who probably didn't cost their team a single game over the course of a year. Right. You know? And and, and I'm being a little unfair here because the guys you were talking about, and we were talking about uh, Dylan Batances um, from last year, uh, David Robertson from a couple years back, when he mm-hmm. was uh, when he was a setup guy from Mo, right? Um, Brad Lidge, I think one year. Yep, very good. Yep. And Brad Lidge, by the way, had some absolutely outstanding years as a reliever. Yep, he uh, sure did. And then kind of blew up. I forget That's... who I forget who the other the other two guys were. Well, it was it was a couple of Yankees. It was uh, Tyler Clippard. And, Tyler Clippard's uh, never been a Yankee. Uh, yeah, he was. But he was only on the, he was only a Yankee for about ten innings in his rookie year. Uh, that, that's what I'm. Yeah, I mean, not a right. significant portion of his career. Right, right, right. right, and I thought he was, and that was, of course, once again where I had to have my tail between my legs, and that was that. But um, the other player who uh, who it was was um, uh, Avalon from uh, the Braves. I think it was Luis right, Avalon. Luis, or, Luis, or, Luis Avalon, or something like that. Or? Right, right. Which which proves the obscurity of of the statistic, but it's yeah. you know. It's, Right, but, but still, yeah, I, I mean, you know, but the thing is, when you look at guys like that, and uh, and I mentioned, and I used RE24, and I came up with some other guys, and Tom Gordon in, in 2004, and, uh, you know, some other seasons that were pretty impressive is, is that there is way, you can look at a guy that's not a closer, specific, uh, look at Wade Davis last year. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I mean, yep. Wade Davis and Dylan Batances might have been the two best relievers in baseball last year. And they may have had six saves between them. You know, I think Batances had one. I think uh, Holland, I, I think um, uh, Wade Davis had three or four. I don't, I, I don't even know. But, uh, but dominant, you know, absolutely dominant. And Wade Davis, Dylan Batances is a guy that was transitioned from, a guy that they thought was going to be an ace starter to this incredible, you know, reliever that he is, that that he is. Wade Davis was a guy who was a middle of the road starting pitcher for for Tampa Bay and was kind of thrown in to the to the Will Myers trade with uh, with James Shield, and no one really knew that he was going to turn into the lights out uh, reliever that he was last year. Well, I'll tell you, guy, and I started to do some research after you handed me my lunch that day. Um, you ever, ever heard of a guy named Wil, Wilton Lopez? He was a reliever for the for the Rockies and Rockies, yeah, and the Astros. This is a guy who one year, um, I think it was his rookie year, he was a reliever. He had an ERA um, of oh god, I, I don't know. He, it wasn't. It was like three. wasn't wasn't outstanding, um, but that was fine. He had one save, but he came in the game. He came into uh, twenty or thirty game situations with runners on base. He inherited thirty three runners, right, and only allowed one to score. That's amazing. Okay, and so, something like re twenty four, right? That's right. Would 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 show that. You know? Yes. So 
So when you're looking at relievers, did you see my comment today about how you know relievers shouldn't be called relievers? You know, they're not they're not relievers anymore. They're not no. coming in. Yeah, Jeez. no, no. It's 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 definitely more specialized. And the the thing that I I, I I'm hoping that there's a time and a place. When when relievers aren't paid, hello, I'm here. Okay, they aren't paid for the amount of games that they close that they save. The whole save statistic is just stupid. Yes. Um. And 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 I and I kind of hope that there are going to be managers that won't specifically use a guy as as a closer instead of. You know, I'm not really doing it by committee, but we've had this conversation where my ultimate bullpen would be two, you know, three power arms. Um, you know, a, a lefty, a righty, and, and and another guy. And sh- sure, give one of the guys the ninth inning duties, but use the other two guys as the game situation dictates. It's kind of it, it, it's kind of how. Um, it's what the Yankees want to do this year with Andrew Miller and Dylan Patances. I was waiting for you to say uh, right that. now. One yeah. of those two guys is going to get is going to get the ninth inning duties. Uh, I hope, and I would prefer that it be more of a game situation call than necessarily saying, "All right, Andrew Miller, you're the closer," or "Right, Dylan Patances, you're the closer." Right now, I think they're leaning towards Dylan Patances being the closer. Closer. Right. Right. Uh, because you can use a guy like Andrew Miller as the game dictates. You know, you know, you have three, you know, or two, two or three tough righties coming up in the in the seventh inning. Bring in Andrew Miller, and there is some thought in the blog world, you know, Yankees, that they may try to actually uh, sign before, you know, during during or before spring training. An actual closer, a guy with closer experience, to use as the closer and keep Batances and and Miller for the seventh and eighth inning, which I kind of would love. Okay, so in other words, you would use Batances when it's a critical part of the game. Let's say it's even the fifth or sixth inning, and sure. you're up, right? Yeah. yeah, love it, love it. Yeah. But no one's going to do that because that's no. not how that's not how baseball works these days. No, 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 and no. and even Dylan Batances probably wouldn't wouldn't prefer that because. Like I said, that's not how people are paid, you know? Well, if you remember, um, people weren't paid for pitching one inning of a closer situation until Eckersley came along and did it, and that he ended up in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. yeah. So it may happen, but it may happen. It may take a while. If you get a manager with the type of, you know, with the type of can-do attitude like your little A.J. Preller buddy, it might happen. Right? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'd love to see it, uh, and I think you know, baseball's getting smarter. You know, um, uh, between some of the younger guys like AJ Preller and and whatever, and some of the older guys like John Daniels and uh, John Daniels, and, mm-hmm. and even some of the older guys like Brian Sabian. I mean, he, you know, that guy. You look at the Giants and the team that was put together there, and holy shit. They're a fucking dynasty, you know. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and and who who would have thought it thought about it, you know? But um, 
So, yeah, I, I hope it's a small change. It's not, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not a dramatic change to the game, but that's, that's a change that I'm looking forward to. And, well, and uh, you know, I hope, I hope the players embrace it. I hope, um, you know, fans, general mainstream fans, you know, uh, embrace it. I, I don't think we'll ever see another reliever like Mariano Rivera. Or even even a Trevor Hoffman, you know, um, you know, guys that are going to have extended careers like that. Right now, we got Craig Krim, uh, Kimbrell, uh, who's the dominant closer, and has been for the past four years. Mm-hmm. But then you think about it, and you're like, well, it's only four years, you know. Right. And he's a small guy. He's not a big guy. Um, you know, is he going to fall apart? And the chances are, yeah, he'll fall apart. They always do. Unless your name is Trevor Hoffman or Mariano Rivera, you know. know. I was was actually looking at some stats when I was digging out a trivia question for you, and I I, I said I wanted to see pitchers who pitched X number of games with an ERA under this. And it said Rivera 16, Trevor Hoffman 13, everybody else was like 8, 9. So I'm like, oh, my God, these guys were just freaks. Freaks, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you know, and, and even we've talked about, like, in, in our Hall of Fame discussions that we've had, um, I was the biggest Lee Smith fan. Oh, I, I, and I, I'm not a fan of him as a Hall of Fame guy. Yet, <laughs> what is he, third or fourth on the all-time save list? Um, you know, he retired as the old, you know, when he retired, he was the all-time leader in saves. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I and I guess he was dominating, he, you know, but I, I, I just don't recall him being like, you know, like I was never, I never had that feeling like when Mo came in the game or when Trevor Hoffman came into the game, when watching a game that, that Lee Smith was in. Well, no, after his third or fourth year, he, you know, in the league, he was a closer, but he wasn't as intimidating as he was when he first came up with the Cubs. Sure. No, no. Um, well, listen. Say big guy, and he threw hard, but he—I mean—he wasn't all, all rolled as Chapman. He didn't throw that hard. No, no, yeah. no. But and, yeah, uh, but if there's a guy named. Remember, remember a Yankee pitcher you had? There was a while ago named Joe Borowski or Barkowski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was—he was with the Yankees for a very little while. He bounced he around. With, he was with the Phillies too. Yeah. He had—he finished one year uh, as a uh, as a as a closer for Cleveland. With 45 saves, he led the league. He had an ERA of 5.07. Right. Yeah. 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 It's like, that, but I mean, the, but ERA is one of those things to me for a reliever who's going to come in to 70 games and maybe pitch an inning at a time. A reliever has one bad game. Just say one bad game oh. where they blow, where they blow up and they give up six or seven runs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's. That's fucking terrifying to their ERA, you know. That's what happened last year to um, Sergio Romo. He right. He played. He, he, it was in Col- It was at home against Colorado. He pitched one day. They had him pitch the next day, uh, which you don't want to see your closer. He was out of bullets. He gave up five or six runs, and his ERA was shot. He lost his closer job, and it went to Casilla. See, that's see, exactly, and it's exactly what I want. Why I want like like I was so impressed with with the Royals bullpen last year. You know, I mean, you had three guys there that that just threw gas. 
But I want a manager that's able to say, you know, not 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 say, all right, you can't pitch three days in a row, but judge by their stuff. Can you pitch three days in a row? Right. Or you know, or, and make the decision that no, you're not going to pitch today because you're gassed, or or, or or whatever, you know. Yeah. I mean, you can get you can get if you get three guys at the back end of your bullpen that can each throw ninety innings. That's a huge boost to your team, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't happen, you know. Do you? I don't know. If, I don't know how much of a you remember this. I remember it vividly because I remember how much it it it, it kind of bothered me. You know how Mariano Rivera every single year of his career, his ERA was two or under. Yeah, yeah, and nah, pretty much, yeah. Okay, one year, 2007, he had an ERA of 3.15. Yeah, it was just a couple okay. of bad outings. A couple of bad outings at the beginning of the season. He couldn't yeah. get his ERA down. Yeah. You know, if you, if you take a look at his game log, you'll see he had three games in which he gave up two or three runs, and yep. uh, it took him the whole rest of the season to get his ERA down. But like we said, even earn run earn run average for for relievers is just just silly to look at because the most important thing for many relievers is how many of those inherited runners that they allow to score that that don't go on their ledger they go on the but, starting pitcher's ledger or the the pitcher before them. But while but while that's uh, a mathematical statistic that should be considered it isn't mainstream, I don't want to say mainstream, it, it isn't like something that you see, uh, you know, published in the standing, in, in, in the daily stats, which I think is something that ought to be. You know, I mean, I haven't updated it, obviously, in a very long time, but no. but when I did on the website, I said percent stats that I think are stats that count, I called it, Yeah. which, you know, which is, you know, hitting late and, um, you know, batting average when the team is down or, uh, and one of them was inherited runs given yeah. up. Yeah, I know. I remember, I remember you talking about it. And, uh, of course, I flaked out and got tied up doing the stupid stuff that I do for a living. Uh, <laughs> As we do. Oh, we lost Billy the Kid now, too. Oh, boy. Boy, we're going to have to do something about this at some point. But uh, when I looked at... Uh, you know, at that, I think that's a great stat. So, you know, so yeah, you know, you did your whole typical thing where you, you know, ripped me to shreds. Uh, <laughs> and, and it wasn't much of an argument. I don't, I don't I, mean uh, to do it. I'm not, I, I don't do it um, with any malice in my heart. I just know when I'm right. Well, here's the thing. Here, no, here's the thing. Baseball wouldn't be interesting if it wasn't debating about statistics. What makes basketball interesting, in my mind, Mm-hmm. Is the is the last two minutes of a close game, right? What makes football interesting is, you know, every so often you're going to get a great hit, or you're going to get a great bomb, or you're going to get a running a runner that that cuts through a tough, you know, and Bo Jackson runs ninety yards, you know, you know, right. to uh, you know, bust through the line and goes ninety yards for a touchdown and blows right. the secondary, you know, right. In in in, in hockey, you get a breakaway. Uh, a guy who who breaks through and you know break away and scores, you know a goal or a fantastic save. In baseball, you have in my mind two things. You've got an oh my god, look at that fucking home run, and statistics. Yeah. 
Well, could, no, I think there are a few other things. Like, I, I, you know, I get blown away by the great throw. I get blown away yeah, by, okay, that, uh, that's good. you know, yeah, going, that's from, good. going from first first to third on, on something that doesn't seem like you should be able to go from first to third on, you know. Well, that's, looking, uh, I'm, looking, I'm blown away by that stuff. It's exciting, but look, looking at Brett Gardner or Jose Reyes go from first to third is one of the, my favorite things to watch when, when sure. Reyes was in his prime. Yeah. I, mean, it, I mean, just to see the athleticism about it, but for, for me to get my, you know, if, if <laughs> okay. You're going to get chub. It's another it's another South Park reference when 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 you know Jimbo the uh, you know the the uncle was taking the kids out uh, hunting and uh, and he made them all South drink. Park, most South Park references are going to be lost on me. Oh, okay, uh, he, and he had he had his nephew and, and and the kids you know the fourth graders go out drinking. He's like, but we're in fourth grade. He goes, but well, hunting hunting without drinking is stupid. That's like well fishing without drinking. You know, it's like, you know, it's just something you don't do. So when I when I'm looking at baseball, baseball without statistics is, I mean, it's just, it's just not anything worth worth following. Speak, speaking of drinking, I'm I'm enjoy, I'm currently enjoying some uh, W. L. Weller twelve year old uh, bourbon right now. Uh, that's delightful. How can you can you uh, compare the uh, the weeded drug, the weeded drink, please. Yeah, um, we we we've been talking about this. This is actually um, a bourbon that isn't readily available here in, in Long Island. Uh, I've never seen it. I, I, I've literally never seen it at, at a restaurant or or a liquor store. And I ran into it for the first time to, uh, Thursday. I think Thursday evening. I I, I saw it. You were looking at it as a uh, kind of congratulatory buy purchase for yourself. But the reason why over some stuff that's going on in your life. The reason the reason why is because it wasn't a it wasn't a bourbon that was common to this area. I found it in a you know right. So um, it's a Buffalo Trace bourbon. Um, Right. It's part of their. Part of their signature series, uh, uh, and uh, W. L. Weller was a distiller that uh, preferred the weeded um, recipe of mash bill, kind of like Pappy Van Pappy Van Winkle. In that in that in that category, and you found a place not too far from where both of us live, kind of kind of in between where the two of us live here in Long Island that was selling it for $120 a bottle. And I didn't raise an eyebrow at that because it's rare. You don't, not rare here. It's not rare in, in, in the world of bourbon, but it's rare to see it here. Well, I found a place that was selling <laughs> it for $22.99 a bottle, and which is pretty much the list price of it uh, uh, as it gets sold out of Kentucky. Um the national average is closer to sixty dollars because of place places like that scumbag that you looked at. Um, uh, that 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 you know marks it up because it's hard to find in areas such as New York. Right. Uh, it's a really good bourbon. It's not mind blowing. It's not gonna. It's it, it's not going to um, you know change your opinion about about what bourbon's supposed to taste like. Like. The bottle of old Van, old Rip Van Winkle that you have, 
or like the bottle of Pappy Van Winkle 23 that I that I had. Oh my God. Um, it's a really good bourbon. It's a really good weeded bourbon. If you le- I think weeded bourbons are there's there's three types of bourbons basically traditional bourbons that have like around a seventy percent corn uh, ratio in their in their mash bill, and the other thirty percent is split between uh, rye and barley. And your traditional bourbons like Jim Beam. Uh, Evan Williams, Wild Turkey. Those are all traditional, traditional uh, recipes. Then, the, then you've got high rye content bourbons, which I like because they're spicier, um, <clears throat> a little bit more of an alcohol flavor. Um, uh, I think a little bit more complex. And then there's your weeded bourbons, which I think are you know a little bit more simple and sweet. Which is weird because some of the really great bourbons that you can find or or uh, uh that are so expensive like Pappy Van Winkle are weeded bourbons. And W. Well Weller is a weeded bourbon, you know. It, it, so it's sweet, it's good. It's uh it, it like I said, it's not mind blowing, but it's really good for for the price that I got it for and I went back and bought two more bottles after after I uh I I, I looked and saw what the prices were going for. See it. I I used to buy any sort of bourbon I can get my hands on, and I have two bottles that I've had in the house for tw- for got to be twenty years. One of them is Blends, mm-hmm. and one of them is um, is Rock Hill uh, Farms. And the reason, and they're all Buffalo. I'm not sure Rock Hill Farms even exists anymore, does it? I, I I don't know. All I know is I have the bottle. It's got the little um, pony on top. Right. And the yeah, I mean, I've is, seen it, but I've just I, I I I haven't seen it around. So it might be one of those ones that's rare to get. Yeah. The the reason I don't the reason I still have them is because they're rye and I don't like them. Yeah. Yeah, I you mean know? our our tastes are different. I prefer a high rye profile. You prefer a high wheat profile. Yes. Um. So for example, um, you dug out a bottle of of old Rip Van Winkle. Um, is it a ten year? Yeah, a ten year. Old Rip and Winkle ten year. Old, old Rip and Winkle was, was ten year bourbon. Yeah. Yeah, nineteen ninety or so, and that was <laughs> that was liquid that was made at the old Stitzel Weller uh, distillery that Pappy Van Winkle owned, and uh, and I mean absolute liquid gold, right? Uh, Would you say that that's the best bourbon you've ever had? You've ever had? I, you know what? I I would say it's by far the best bourbon I've ever had, and and it has nothing to do with uh, the the cost and the aura oh. and the fact. Well, you it, probably it, bought it for twenty bucks back in nineteen ninety, right? I have no idea. I, yeah, I, I mean, probably I mean, spent more than that. But whatever, it, whatever whatever the cost was, you bought it. I think when you were down in Kentucky, or wherever you were. No and idea. And you bought it. You took a sip of it, and you put it away for twenty years. Um, not knowing exactly what you had. And um, I had kind of been telling you about Pappy Van Winkle. And to right. me, the best bourbons I've ever had were that that bottle of Old Van Rip that you have, that you still have probably half a bottle of, right? A little um, less. Saving it for you. A little less. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and the bottle of Pappy Van Winkle 23. But to me, it's just not 
and 23 for less than two grand in this area, which is ridiculous because it markets at about 90 bucks a bottle in Kentucky. And if you live in a state where they have ABC stores, um, or, you know, that are controlled by the government, you know, you're able to buy Pappy Van Winkle for 90 bucks, as opposed to New York, where price gouging is legal and it's all supply and demand, and people are spending, you know, 2,500 for for a bottle, which is just stupid. It's it, it's not that good. It's great. It's not that good, you know. And that's well, kind of how I felt about this whole W.L. Weller thing. Is I I, I honestly I, I I don't like spending more than 50 bucks on a bottle of booze. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make any sense to me after that because I drink a lot of booze. Um, for, the price, for the price point that Weller's at right now, the national average, 59 bucks, I probably wouldn't have bought it because it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense for me for a, for a 750-milliliter bottle of uh, 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 bourbon. But at 22.99, home run, absolute home run to bring it back to, to, bring it back to baseball. Okay. Oh, ah, that was pretty good. That was very impressive. Not bad. That was that was that was very very impressive. I um, let me tell you what. Knowing how good that old Rip Van Winkle tastes, I would probably spend four hundred dollars on a bottle if I could get my hands on another bottle of that. That's just like that. I got to tell you, I probably would too. <laughs> after after all I just said, that was so good that yeah that 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 was that was just amazing, and the fact that you didn't know what you had was even more amazing. Nope, okay. didn't amazing. didn't know. Just, and I, and and I could have sat there for the rest of the evening just wheezing off that bottle, and I would have been I would have been, but I I I kind of felt bad as much as I as much as I did drink of it, you know. It's. It's bizarre that you could sell the empty bottle. Yeah. Well, I have an empty bottle. I mean, I, like I said, I have I have a bottle of an empty bottle of old Rip Van Winkle twenty three that I don't haven't had the heart to throw away. I could sell that empty bottle on eBay for four hundred bucks. The empty bottle. The empty bottle. Because okay. what people do is they take the empty bottle and they oh they do not. And they'll fill it with Buffalo, they'll fill it with Buffalo Trace because it's oh. roughly the same mash bill. Uh huh. And re-wax the top because it's one of those ra- wax. Yeah, yeah, Maker's Mark, and, yeah. and they'll and they'll and they'll sell it for two grand. I can't believe that. I can't be a part of. So, so obviously, I'm not selling my empty bottle of. And I don't even know why I haven't thrown it out. I just it it came in a nice velvet pouch and and everything. I just have it kind of sit, sitting up on a shelf because just because it looks nice. And just right. to remind just to remind me that was a fantastic bottle of of whiskey that I had. You know, right. I I might have told you the the story of a guy I worked with. Um, I didn't work with him. I actually worked for a client of his, and he had on his uh, table. Uh, at home on his bar, an empty bottle of 1942 Chef Rothschild wine. Right. Empty. Yeah. And I looked at it and I said, that's to a Chateau Lafitte? Is that, I don't, know, I don't even know what it is. Is that Rothschild yeah, wine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. 
and it was empty. And I said, what is that? He goes, he says, uh, he says, I had to have that, you know. And I said, I bought it at an auction, one bottle. I said, how much you spent? He goes, thirty nine thousand dollars. Yep. And I said, and I said, how was it? He goes, oh, it was amazing. It's like, well, of course you're fucking have to say that. Yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, how- the thing with me is, like, I prefer found glory versus going out. Like, I would never, I would never spend thirty nine thousand dollars on a bottle of wine. I mean, you know, first of all, you know, I, I can't. But um, Gia bought me this bottle of Pappy Van back when you can find a bottle for three hundred bucks, and that was amazing. And it was an amazing gift. What you had that you purchased, you know, back in nineteen ninety, uh-huh. whatever you, whatever you bought it for. Is an amazing find, you know. You you, you happen you happen into that stuff. You don't you don't go out and seek it, you know, because when you go out and seek it, to me you have to say, oh, of course it was amazing. It was a thirty nine thousand dollar bottle of wine, you know. Right. That's right. Just weird, you know. Right. Right. So, you know. Have yeah. You, I, and I know I know both of us are bourbon guys, you know, American whiskey guys. You you have all. You happen to also like Tennessee whiskey, which is not not quite bourbon, but it's made the same way. Um, have you had any other whiskeys that you would put up with some of the best bourbons you've ever had? For example, uh, I'm, I, I, well, I'm asking not. this because I'm kind of leading it because I was I was talking earlier today with a friend of mine, and and. Um, I I don't really have a taste for scotch because it's a very different liquid. There's so much variety in different kinds of scotches, and there are so many brands that it's it just became overwhelming to me that I couldn't really place what I liked. But Glen Morangi makes a um, makes a scotch that's aged traditionally how it's aged, and then the final step is they put it in sherry casks or port wine casks. I forget one. It's called Nectar d'Or. And that to me is one of the finest whiskeys I've ever had. It's like, you know, 60, 70 bucks a bottle. Uh, easily found in most liquor stores. It's uh, And it's really good. Uh, Irish whiskey, there's a brand called Red Breast that's pot stilled. Um, that their regular whiskey is fantastic, but their 15-year-old is just amazing, absolutely amazing. James uh, Jameson makes a, a James pot makes still. gold. Jameson gold is, is is tastes like candy. It's so good, honey mm-hmm. candy. Um, do you have any, any 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 like that that aren't American bourbons or or or, or rye whiskeys or whatever you want to want to call it? Japanese whiskey. You, uh, Yoke, what is it? Yokozuna or no? Uh, not Hitachino. Hitachino is a beer. Well, no, there's a Yamazaki. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one that um, Bill Murray was hawking in uh, Lost in Translation. Yeah, Suntory time. Right. Suntory, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, and they so recently I, purchased Jim Beam. That's right. It's uh, Yeah, Jim Beam is now Suntory, yeah. yeah. Um, so I like... I, I could... I, okay, let, if, if we go through... To go through the list, Kentucky bourbons, I could, you know, top to bottom, almost every Buffalo Trace weed whiskey. I don't like rye. Uh, corn whiskey, the, the white dog. I, uh, I like you know, it. Well, well, like corn, Midnight Moon, that's a corn whiskey. Yeah, yeah, sure. 
Right. So pretty much every so. every every white whiskey that you're gonna have, and you know, mo- <laughs> pretty much most bourbons, you know, they all have a base of corn, fifty one percent has to be mm-hmm. old bourbon, and the stuff that comes out when they first distill it is white whiskey, and those are all white dog whiskeys, and you know, um, with corn is with corn is the big overriding flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you when you're having it, um, but um, but yeah, I'm sorry. Continue. There, there's there's a pure wheat whiskey uh, from Heaven Hill called Bernheim. Never had it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I've had it. I've, I've, I had. I've, it. I've seen it. I've never had it. So so it's not a bourbon. It's 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 an American whiskey just made it's, with wheat. Yes, that's pretty it's, interesting. Yeah, I'd like to try that. Burn, burn, Bernheim. Bernheim. I don't know how you. I don't know how you spell it exactly. I know. It, yeah, I no, B E R N H E I M. Sounds right. It's it, but it's a, it's a it's another one of the it's a Heaven Hill distillery. And Heaven Hill is a great distillery. Hey, right. Well, yeah. Um, you, you, Heaven Hill makes a low end product where that you can get you can get a bottle you can get a liter of Heaven Hill. You know their basic stuff for. Fifteen or sixteen bucks, and it's and, it, and it's actually a great bourbon, but uh, but they do make some higher end stuff. Yeah, they um, but Heaven Hill, they well, Evan, I don't, was it Evan Williams that you said you liked? Or uh, on the low end side, um, my tastes in in bourbon kind of run like my tastes in beer, meaning I love the good stuff, uh-huh. but I also drink the everyday stuff. Like, I have no problem going into a bar and having a Budweiser. I have no problem going into a bar and ordering a, a, a Jim Beam or an Evan yeah. Williams, if they have it. Um, no, the uh, the low-end bourbon that I love is Old Granddad. Okay, which I which I don't. <laughs> I it's, because it's, it's, a high, it's a high rye uh, bourbon. It's, it's, it's the same mash bill as Basil Hayden. Uh-huh. And Basil Hayden, uh-huh. actually Old Granddad is... <laughs> the guy on uh, on the titular uh, old granddad on on the uh, on the label of of old granddad is Basil Hayden. Basil Hayden. Yeah. They just for legal purposes they can't you know <laughs> say his name. Um, but you can buy a bottle of Basil Hayden for forty bucks, or and you know and and it's eighty eighty three proof or eighty four proof or whatever like that, and it's aged eight years. Or you can buy a bottle of old granddad that your old grandfather was drinking, you know, <laughs> you know, 50 years ago. Uh, uh-huh. And in this shitty orange bottle with the shitty orange plastic top, <laughs> and it's 100 proof bottle and bond, and it's the same mash bill as Basil Hayden, uh, only that it's aged four years instead of eight years, you know. I, I much prefer Bas- uh, old granddad over Basil Hayden. Yeah, I, I really tried. I still have a bottle of 114 from 25 years ago. Yeah, didn't we fuck the cork up on that one, though? Oh, is that right? That's right, we did. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. you brought that out at the same party, and and, and the cork kind of disintegrated, so you're going to have to decant that, or I think you threw it out. Didn't you throw it out? Oh, buddy, I, I have no idea. I think you threw it out. <laughs> I think, yeah. just the, just the, the, so the only thing, that, that's what I had. Um, I, I don't like scotch at all. Um, Canadian? Not, I mean, not any scotch? No, no scotch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I even tried... I like, honey, what's that? I like... There's... 
I guess there's like Highland, Lowland. There's a, a type of Scotch called Isla, which is I S L A Y, and there and it's very smoky, very peaty. Um, Lafroag and Lagavulin are the two big La- Lagavulin. Yes, are the two big uh, Isla. And I, I, I have no idea if, if I'm even pronouncing that right. Isla uh, um, Scotch whiskeys. And Lagavulin is definitely one of the, one of my favorite whiskeys that I've ever had. Well, I, I I work with a guy named David, and every year, once a year, he goes to Islay. It's yeah. uh, it, it's a it's a place. It's it's an island off of. It's a group of islands off of Scotland. And he goes there every year, and he goes specifically. The only thing he drinks is Lagavulin. Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, I understand it. I. I used to live in Huntington Village, and uh, there's a place called Finnegan's there. And, and it's and Finnegan's is your ordinary, you know, local Irish bar. Decent food, cheap drinks, great bartenders, you know, and everything like that. And uh, I'm I'm there with a buddy of mine that loved Lagavulin, and he's looking behind the bar, and he asked the bartender, he goes, "Hey, Tommy." Is that a bottle of Lagavulin? He goes, yeah, we got it by accident. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, do you want to have one? And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll have one. So he pours each a stiff Lagavulin. I, you know, I, I, we had money down in the bar, and he, I swear to God, he takes like eight bucks away for for two of these drinks, like four bucks each. Right. My buddy looks at me and he goes, you're not doing anything for the rest of the night, are you? I'm like, apparently I'm sitting here and drinking that fucking bottle with you. <laughs> because that's about, you know, like like I said, you know, you can get, you can get a bottle of Lagavulin probably for, you know, 60 bucks at, at, at the uh, liquor store. But, I mean, he was pouring it like it was shelf liquor, you know. And uh, just delicious. Really great stuff. Yeah, no, no, no taste for it. No, no taste for it at all. I, I can't drink. Scotch. I wish I liked scotch as much as other people like scotch, but I like bourbon more than most people like bourbon. So yeah. I think I make up for it there. And you know, I used to be a tequila guy. Now, now, you know, I've transitioned in, in, into a bourbon guy. So that's my thing. You know? But and, but and you're right not now, a... price point on bourbon. You can get some amazing bourbons in the twenty to thirty dollar range. That's hard to say for Scotch, or hard, or especially hard to say for tequila. Okay. And, and you know, if it's more than that, it doesn't prohibit me from buying it. It's just that it's an amazing thing right now, and I think within the next five years. You're going to see bourbon prices skyrocket. Unfortunately. Well, if you a, haven't tried a Amazon. because of demand and b because of the cost of white oak, which is what the barrels that are used to to be called a bourbon, you have to have brand new white oak barrels that are charred. Yeah. And they, after they're used that first time. They're either sent to Mexico to for aging in um, uh, tequilas, or they're sent over to Europe for scotches and, and and whatever. But it's going 
to become a lot more scarce than than you know than it is right now. The grains themselves, corn, wheat, barley, rye, so cheap. Water, cheap. It's the other stuff that's going to make it. That's going to make it so much so much more difficult to get in the in the future. And we're going to see prices escalate. I'm I'm surprised you haven't tried um, the Japanese whiskey. I have. I have. No, I, I, the one you were talking about earlier. I, I I bought a bottle of that. God, when it first became available. Uh, oh, okay. Like maybe ten years ago. Yeah, okay. Seven years ago. I don't. I don't know. I, you know, whenever, whenever the first time I saw it. And uh, they called it, uh, it was Japanese Scotch whiskey. Because uh, they can't, you know, they actually, there's there's no place that can make bourbon or call it bourbon unless it's made in the United States. Mm-hmm. Which is a little silly. Because yeah. it used to just be Kentucky. Right? And, you know, you love Tennessee whiskey, I love Tennessee whiskey. And the reason why Tennessee whiskey couldn't be called bourbon is because... <laughs> It's from Tennessee and not from Kentucky. Right. It's sour mash. It's the same process, except the two big Tennessee whiskey distillers use the Lincoln County process, which is charcoal filtering. Jack Daniels and George Tuckle. Yep, I was there. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's a little silly. But they, as a brand believe in calling it Tennessee whiskey, so they're never going to call it bourbon, even though technically they could because it's 51% corn. It's aged in in oak barrels. It doesn't get distilled at more than 160. It doesn't go into the bottle at, you know, uh, it doesn't go into the barrel at more than 120, you know, you know, know, stuff like that. Whatever the, there's like five rules for, 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 for it to be a bourbon and Tennessee whiskey fits into all that. Well, let me read you this thing that I was looking for, because I had this just once when I was in Kentucky. It says, this is the uh, the Bernheim wheat whiskey. This is a new whiskey for Heaven Hill, but actually quite old as one of the, uh, and old as one as far as the United States is concerned. Wheat whiskey was actually the original whiskey of the United States with hundreds of distilleries in New York State alone long before the whiskey rebellion for a period of time afterwards. The use of corn and the advent of bourbon was something that happened long after wheat and then rye whiskey had taken root in the American culture. Sure. Yeah. So... You know, this is this is what I, you know. Well, the whole Kentucky, all that group that became the founding fathers of of bourbon, um, they had to leave New York State due to, at the time, there was some religious persecution, some some tax issues uh, uh, regarding making whiskey. So the aquifer that they used that was in the Adirondacks, they found the one that was most similar to it was in Kentucky. Yeah. So it really had to do with the water. You can get, like I said, the crops, you can get anywhere in the United States. Corn, wheat, barley, etc. Whatever. Rye. But it was the water that was special to them that they needed to find. And, they, 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 and along the way, you know, in Pennsylvania, there were some places. Uh, have you ever tried... Um, Oh God, I'm, I'm 
drawing a blank here. Um, great. It's now it's now made in Kentucky again. Kentucky now, but it, but it used to be in Pennsylvania. Um, I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, as they went from New York down to Kentucky, they stopped several. You know, some people stopped off several other places. There were some great aquifers in in in, uh, in Pennsylvania or West Virginia. You know, blah blah blah. Um, but uh, but that's that's the history of whiskey in this country. And even back further, have you ever had Applejack? Nope. Do you like it? I will like it. No, I said I, I never had it. Oh, I think you said yup. You said nope. nope. Uh, Applejack is basically a brandy. Any, any Anytime you make liquor from fruit, hard liquor, um, you know, you know. Obviously, you can make wine from fruit too. But but uh, but if you can take wine and distill it further, and it becomes grappa. Uh, anytime you 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 use fruit as the base instead of grain, it, it it's a brandy as opposed to being a whiskey. And applejack is a. Uh, uh, I still kind of call it an American whiskey, but it but it but it's an American brandy made from apples. And okay. going going as far back. George Washington had patented a uh, you know a uh, Applejack brand that 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 that, that he uh, he distilled on his on his on his property, and um, some of the oldest patents for liquor in the United States are Applejacks. Laird's Applejack is is a very inexpensive apple brandy that you can that you can buy, and it, and and it's and it's great. It's you know to me I love it you know I don't I I really think you should try it. There was um, we're talking a lot about baseball tonight, aren't we? <laughs> well, the, 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 uh, when I went to Jack Daniels, they actually have um, uh, it was two thousand and what year? My son is born. It was nineteen ninety nine when I went to Jack Daniels, and they have a. Uh, a spring, an iron-free water spring yeah. that was uh, that was used to make Jack Daniels. Well, two things happened about I don't know if it was you know five or ten years ago, um, where uh, Jack Daniels got extremely popular, mm-hmm. more and more popular, and the well started to actually dry up. Dry up. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so you know, if, if you're a true aficionado, let's say you, you should be able to taste the difference now than the than, than you know some of the bottles. I can't tell the difference. Uh, I don't. Even, I mean, yeah. I mean, you were definitely more of a JD guy than I was. But I don't drink it anymore because yeah. ever since someone said Maker's Mark, it's just like. But Maker's I, Mark had a, had a problem too. Remember, they um, I think about a, a, a year, year and a half ago. They started claiming whiskey shortages, uh, so they reduced the proof of their of, of of their liquor from 85 down to 80, which is something that Jack Daniels did. Yes, and they also increased the price, <laughs> and people just fucking lost their minds. <laughs> so they they <laughs> re- had to reverse all that because they were like, you know, just sell us what you were selling us, and don't try to you know don't try to make an extra profit off of it, you know. 
Yeah, well, I can't believe you. Yeah, they, they makers mark lowered their proof because of the uh, because of the high demand. I, I didn't know that, but I just Googled it just now and saw it. I didn't even know that. Yeah, about a year ago, a year and a half ago, something like that. And uh, That's right. Wow. It, it, it became a huge public relations nightmare for them, and they, they reversed their decision. And That's right. That's what it says right here. Five days later, they reversed the decision. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I like Baker's Mark. I mean, I, it, it's not my go-to liquor uh, uh, because it's a weeded bourbon as opposed to rye or traditional. Um, and, you know, I, I honestly feel already that it was a little bit more expensive than, than, than the flavor. There are some, like, places, like, like uh, do you like, you like tequila a little bit, right? Uh, more, more and more, yes. Yeah, Patron is is easily the biggest, you know, um, name um, top tequila that's out there. You know, you go to you go to any bar in the world, and they're gonna have tequila. I mean, it's it's not your well tequila like Jose Cuervo or you know Montezuma or whatever, whatever like that. But but I mean, as a premium tequila. Patron is, and I think Patron is shit. I think it's <laughs> terrible, terrible tequila. But what they succeeded at was marketing, and they got into every bar, and they marketed themselves as a top tequila, so people believed it. But if you try Patron, and then you try something like uh, Gazadores or 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 um, or, or some some really good you know tequilas that don't have the the PR machine that's behind them. You can get them for less money, and they taste better. Um, and to me, Maker's Mark is kind of in that. Not 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 as much, but kind of in that realm. Like I think it, I, I think it's a I think it's a good bourbon. I just don't see it being. You know, a forty-dollar bottle of bourbon. You know, just to, to me, it doesn't taste any better than Jim Beam, or you know, you know, it's it, it's a different profile because it's wheat. But you know, I'd rather spend twenty bucks on a bottle of Old Granddad than a, than, a, than forty bucks on a bottle of uh, uh, of Maker's Mark. I, I hate just my I hate. I hate that you introduced me to that Della Familia, whatever that is. Oh yeah, Jose Cuervo Della Familia is Jose, Jose Cuervo. Used to just be their white, their gold. Jose Cuervo gold is is they use food coloring to get it gold to make it look like it was aged, but it's not. Um, and then they had 1800, which now 1800 is its own brand that's not owned by uh, Jose Cuervo. And then they had their super premium Anejo, uh, Jose Cuervo de la Familia Reserve, Reserva. And holy shit, that's 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 a good bourbon. I mean, a, a, a good tequila. Really good tequila, but it's hundred bucks a bottle, hundred and twenty bucks a bottle. Yeah, I don't. Um, yeah, I, I hate that you introduced that to me because I can't. That that is that is. That's not the best tequila I've ever had, though. Best I've great ever tequila. Had. The best tequila Seven. I've ever had is Super Anejo, and when, when we say Anejo, it's got Anejo means it's got to be aged in bourbon barrels, used bourbon barrels for at least a year. Anejo means aged. Reposado, six month. Reposado means rested. And then there's silver or or uh, 
that's not aged at all. Um, Supernaos are aged for upwards of, you know, six to 12 or however many years. Um, I had a Supernao, uh, that, uh, Herodoro Supremo Selección, and that is a fantastic bourbon. I mean, holy shit. I, st- I keep saying bourbon. Fantastic tequila. Um, easily tastes more like brandy than, than the, that's the thing that when you age a tequila like that in, in oak barrels and former bourbon barrels is you kind of lose some of the flavor profiles of what tequila is, which is spicy, peppery, um, almost a little stinky, you know? Um, and some of the super lose that and, uh, but it, it still makes <laughs> a fantastic tasting drink, you know? There's a tequila called Partita that I've never had before that's made in old Jack Daniels bottles. Yeah, I've had that. It's a, oh, God, never. It's really good. It's really never good. But like I said, it, 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 you kind of lose some of the tequila flavor. Now, I'm not nearly the tequila guy that I used to be. Mm-hmm. So take that all with a grain of salt, you know, uh, me saying that, I, you know, either it's good or bad, but... Uh, I don't know. What the hell are we I, talking about? <laughs> what was that? What the hell are we talking about? Listen, uh, listen I have no shame because I have, obviously, we're, we're, we don't have the same audience as, let's say, uh, 60 Minutes, but uh, I have some, some loyal should. listeners who, who, who listen every single week that we do. I would say 90% of the shows we've done, they've listened, you know, either live or after the fact. They said there's never been a, a discussion that we've had when we, when we when we trample off from baseball that that they loses their interest, you know, because we don't talk about lose. it. They kind of go together. D, yeah, because we don't talk about stuff that's that's you know empty, you know. So when you when talk about pizzas and you know people beheading motherfuckers out in Jordan or where the hell they are. Right, you know, if, if you listen. If you listen to baseball radio, I mean, I don't know if you saw, um, my, my most of my tweets today were about how much I hate James Shields. Why? Yeah, yeah, actually, I, I saw that, and I don't know why. Give me a little background. What's going on? Because I'm sick Talk of it. between you and Big, Big Game James. I have nothing against James Shields other than the fact that he's driving me goddamn crazy. Why? With, because he, he's it's just enough already. He's the only big real free agent that's out there, and he's just... Oh, I think just, I just saw Taylor Swift's vagina. Uh, hey, now. Very, very squ- short skirt. Hey, now. I, I'm not but, impressed, but anyway, go ahead. The, 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 thing, the thing is, the, the reason I don't like it is because it's giving these guys on these baseball shows something to talk about. It's Don't it's you dry. feel, though, that James, oh. Shield, James Shields, because he's waited so long, is going to wind up in the same boat as guys like Nelson Cruz and Kendrick Morales wound up that he's going to wind up having to take a bargain basement contract, or did he? Did he already? I don't even know. Did, did, did he sign anywhere? He's getting he's getting um, eighteen to twenty million dollars a year from the Padres for four years is what it looks like he'll be getting, and that's okay. great. Guess what? He would have got eight months ago. The same fucking thing, yeah. it, you know. It's it's just 
He's 34 years. I, I'm kind of interested in what the Padres are going to do this year. The Padres, the Cubs, uh, uh, and honestly, the Mets. I'm kind of interested in those three teams right now. Well, of course, you know, I'm interested in the, in the Yankees. But one, one of our shows, one of my favorite shows that we do every year. 20 things we're interested in. 25? Is it 25? Okay. Right. And and you just nailed two of them. I, I yeah. The Cubs, how do you not love waiting for these guys? Yeah. And right? you know what, what, what kills me is that uh, um, Theo Epstein says um, Chris Bryant isn't going to start the season as the third baseman for the Cubs, but they wind up, you know, getting rid of Valbuena, you know. Right. And right. Mike Mike Olt certainly isn't. If, if, if they do anything other than start Chris Bryant as their as their opening day third baseman, they're insane. Right. They're insane. And and, and yet they'll be good businessmen because that's the reality of uh, of baseball now. Is you got to wait until May to bring the you know you know because it, it holds off the the uh, arbitration thing. But everything that they've done in this off season has been about winning next year. Exactly. You, you, don't, bring in, that, you don't bring in you don't bring in Chris Bryant right Michael. What? If you didn't do that, bring in Chris Bryant right away. Right. 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 And you know what? Right. Give up a year. Give up a year of uh, of eligibility or whatever, you know, of of uh, team control. Fuck it. Fuck it. Just do it. You know? Anyway. Yeah. And, and you know, teams have seen what other teams have done with guys like, say, Mike Trout and uh, and been successful, you know? Just do it. Bring these guys up. There's nothing Chris Bryan has left to prove in the minor leagues. Nothing. If they brought Javi Baez up right. last year. When they did. Who's you think younger, they're not? Who's A, younger, and B, less polished. Right. So, and and not, and not they, only they'd, they'd just be they, stubborn if they didn't bring up Chris Bryant. Yeah, yeah. you know. So you got Javi Baez playing second base, not his right. position. Right. Castro second, Anthony Rizzo uh, first base, and Chris right. Bryant third base. I've yes. got a boner. I've got a boner already. Thinking about that. <laughs> you're, you're, you're not. Sure. Gonna, you're not going to sign John Lester and say, all right, we give you all this money, so let's just take off a year. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, I mean, we were talking earlier in the show about, you know, the best outfield, the best outfields in, in, in baseball. Right there, that's the best infield in baseball. Right? It, it, it could be. It should be. It is. You wouldn't take an infield of Rizzo, Baez, Castro, and Chris Bryant over any other infield in, in the league? Of course you would. No, well, I, there there is another infield I like. Maybe not for the next three years, but I like right now. And? I like the Ranger. Prince Fielder, Odor, Andrews, and Adrian Beltre, I, I think is, is pretty damn okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think Andrews hits enough for the amount of money that they're paying him. Um, and Ognor, uh, Rugnik Odor, uh, uh, right. I don't right. think is, is proven enough. And Prince Fielder, 
right now is proven to be, you know, can he come back from these, these injuries that he's had? He, obviously, obviously, I think right now, Beltre is the best third baseman in baseball. Yes. And a very close Hall of Fame candidate. Oh, yes. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, uh, without looking, could you name the Padres infield? <laughs> <laughs> nope, I could not. Um, Jed Jorko. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, that's already. Jorko. That's already. That's already. Yeah, okay. You already impressed me. <laughs> uh, the first baseman is going to be Alonso. Yes. Or is it going to be? Uh, um, or are they going to move Carlos Quinton, Quinton to first base? Well, I, I don't. I think Carlos Quinton is not going to first base. It'll, it'll so, be Alonso if he's uh, healthy. Well, so Alonso there, uh, third base. I couldn't even tell you who's playing third base for them. Uh, you remember Will Middlebrooks of the of the Red Sox? Oh right, 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 right. Middlebrooks is on. Is there? He got right. That thing, and their shortstop is. Uh, the hell out let me guess. Me. I wouldn't know. I have to look it up. I have no idea. <laughs> I was going to say a Latino guy. No, <laughs> one of them. Hawaiian guys. I have no idea. Uh, let, yeah, me, let, me, no idea. let me go to Sandlot Shrink here. Hang on a sec. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't name their infield. All right, uh, uh, Cabrera. Everest Cabrera. Nope. No, no, not it's gone. All right. Everest uh, Cabrera. Cabrera is a free agent. Okay. Uh, Amarisa. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Cabrera's got a couple of uh, of uh, PED uh, issues. Yeah. Right? Yeah. If you take a look at the free agents right now, I cannot believe Java is still a free agent. Yeah, you know, he's gonna he's gonna wind up someplace and he's gonna get decent money. But if you look at going back to what we were originally talking about, stuff like RE24, he didn't have a great season, you know, and and he's not coming off a dominating um, clo- uh, relief uh, situation. So. Nope. It's going to be tough for him to make a ton of money, but I mean, he's, somebody's going to throw three or four million dollars at him. Yep. Yeah, but it'll it hasn't be worth it. Yet. And it'll be worth it because he's effective, but he's not super effective. He, you know, he's you know he's not you know uh, uh, an eight or nine million dollar reliever. Who is? No. Who is? Who is an eight or nine million dollar reliever? Yeah. No, I'm just uh, I'm saying that uh, joke. Andrew Miller. Andrew Miller, yeah, I know. <laughs> David Robert. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. who the Tigers just signed. So, yeah. You want some stupid trivia? Yeah, let's finish this up with some stupid trivia and then get the, get the fuck out of here. Well, it's, it's, it's going to be stupid because I know you're feeling for about questions. So I'll, try to be, I'll try to be gentle about it. Okay. Okay. A lot, of, a lot of feedback going on your on your phone right now. Uh, oh, still? Oh God, I don't hear it. It's just tell me if it goes away. It's not. Go ahead. Is it gone? Now it is. Yeah. Okay. Good. I threw I threw the phone on the floor and it worked. Okay. Since 1990, there's two trivia questions. Okay. And. and there's one guy who's the answer to both questions. Okay. Oh, Prince. Sorry. What? Oh, is it? Oh, I'm sorry. Prince just, Prince is he going to say? Looking, looking uh, very unpurple. But go ahead. 
Oh, I'm sorry. Believe it or not, I, I am a fan. I have to listen to what he has to say. No, no. Just put it on pause. Do your, do your trivia question, and then we'll get the hell out of here. Okay, I'll, I'll pause it. Okay, there we go. Um, there are uh, eight pitchers since 1990 who have a season in which they relieved 50 games with an ERA less than three okay. and started 30 games with an ERA less than three. Holy shit, really? Yes. One, one of them is... Games one of them. where they relieved... No, different seasons. Different seasons. Started 30? Different seasons in which, oh, okay. they, in which they relieved 50 games with an ERA less than three and then they went to a starter and they started games with an ERA. 30 starts with an ERA less than three. One of them would be like like an accuracy. Uh, since 1980, since 1990. Okay. One of them is Greg Swindell, who I don't think you'd get, so I'm just giving that one to you. And you want me to get the how many more? There are six. There are seven more. I think you will get about four or five of them. John Smoltz. Right. Um. Not Danny Graves. No. Um, no. Think about a guy who is a starter and a rel- and then a reliever, or a reliever Wakefield? and then a starter. Tim Wakefield? No. Uh, if you need hints, I'll let you know. I've gotten a whole one of them, huh? <laughs> Dave Rigetti? Uh, not since 1990. Okay, since 1990. Uh, All right. There are two on the Red Sox. Currently? No, there were two who did it on the Red Sox. Not Shelling. Nope. Oh, um, what's his face, the guy that was the closer? Um, um, Derek? Yeah, young, yeah, young, yeah. Or yeah, yeah, nope. What's his name? No, uh, it's actually Derek Lowe. Derek Lowe, right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay, and then and certain then another, another guy from the from the Red Sox. He, he well, he was on the Red Sox as a starter, but he had previously been a reliever. Pedro Martinez. Oh, <laughs> and, he's, and he's a Hall of Famer, right? Pedro Martinez. Pedro Martinez. Yeah. Right. Uh, how many? How many more we got? Four more. Yes, there are. There are. There are four more, of which I expect you to get three. Okay, four more. Um, if if you're not getting it, that's why I don't want to. I don't want to drag it out. Give me some teams. Uh, he, one of them did it last year as a starter. He had he had been a reliever and he was a starter last year. He's got a last name you could never spell, and he was on the Cubs and threw straight into the A's. Uh, Samarja. Right. Really, I didn't know Samarja relieved like that. Uh, I, I thought he was. I thought he was always a starter. Nope. Okay. Uh, think of another left-hand pitcher who was amazing, tons of strikeouts, and then lost his shit. Got a ton of money for the Mets. Oh, uh, not not Santana. No, no, he he was a complete disaster for the Mets. Complete disaster for the Mets. Left-hander, Pittsburgh. That's up my alley. Uh, left-hander from Pittsburgh. Uh, Nope. Lots of strikeouts. Drawing a blank. Oliver? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oliver Perez. Oliver Perez. 
Okay. And and the last one, if you remember, C.J. Wilson was a closer and then a starter. Yep. Okay. Then there's one that you didn't get. But I'm going to ask you another trivia question. Okay. This one that is this one is interesting. He is the only player since 1970 to have a season in which he was a reliever pitching 70 games with an ERA less than two. Okay. But that also had a season in which he won 20 games. There's a reason this came up, because this was, this was a guy who was a, a big, big pick in our first year. He was a big pitcher in our first or second year in the Oxford League. Okay. I, had com- I had completely forgotten about this guy until it came up today. 20 wins, huh? 20 wins. Who do you have the 20 wins for? Giants. Okay, that's not helping at all. Uh, It's not not Schmidt. He 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 is the only player since 1970 to have 70 games with an ERA under two and then came back with a 20-win season as a starter. Wow. You're going to hate yourself when I say it. Go ahead, say it. Bill Swift. Remember Bill Swift? Bill Swift, holy right. shit, yeah, yeah, he was some he was some pitcher, huh? I don't know, I don't Bill, remember that he had twenty wins though. Bill Swift came up today in a conversation, and I was like, "Who the fuck is Bill Swift?" And they said, "And I said that you know that shitty reliever from Seattle." And they said, "Look up Bill Swift," and I'm like, "Oh my god, this guy was the shit." He had twenty. Oh, oh I, had, I had no idea. No. Yeah. You know that? He had, he had, I don't remember uh, him as a starter at all, to tell you the truth. Right. Much less right. had 20 wins in a season. I remember him he, as a reliever. That's, all, that's pretty much it. He, 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 was a, he was a closer for Seattle. He went to San Francisco in 1992, led the league in ERA, and then the next year had 21 wins. Wow. Nope. And that, yeah. that's, you don't remember that? that, that that's missing, missing baseball history for me. And, right, right. And then the next season, Ow. someone said, dude, you're Bill Swift. He goes, oh, fuck. And he went back to his old ways. So. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. All right, well, I think we uh, I think we might have to end the show on, uh, on on that lack of knowledge. What do you think? Well, that's fine with me. I just wanted to reintroduce you and get you invigorated for baseball with Bill Swift. Well, hopefully this is, this is the beginning of it, you know, doing the show tonight and... Honestly, we probably spend more time talking about whiskey. That's fine. That's also fine. So, That's fine. Um, I've got the most maybe, awesome maybe as, going. as we get going into pitchers and catchers report in what ten days? Eight days. Eight days. Nine or well, nine days or so, something like that. Yes. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! As we get to that, um, maybe we'll be uh, you know a little bit more into it. So. Uh, Keep in touch with us here. Uh, just talking to the cornfield here on uh, Talk Shoe. If we're going to keep that client, uh, we're on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter uh, by our handles, the Verdant Dude and uh, JTTC Colonel, whatever your name is. And uh, we've got a website that probably hasn't been updated in a year, right? <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, a little bit of time, but uh, yeah. my my busy season is about to end in in uh, in a week and a half. Okay, and, and I'll be I cannot wait for our top twenty five show. Yeah. 
So we're going to do uh, probably our next show. Maybe in a couple of weeks we'll do our uh, top 25 things that we're looking forward uh, to in 2015 with the baseball season. And uh, we've been doing that for three or four years now. So yep. uh, always, always a fun time, at least for us. And uh, maybe, maybe you all out there too. So um, we'll catch you next time here in the cornfield, right? Say goodnight to the kids. Yeah. Night, night. Uh, or Colonel. Yes. Good night. All right. We'll see you next time, guys. Take care. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.